Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this one, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. To the Pickaxe Podcast, it is Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Gordon Gross is not with us today. He is at home, hunkered down, fighting through these strange, strange times that we are in. Now, none of that would prevent him from podcasting, but you know what? Uh, Gordon had some bigger things to deal with, and uh, I'm not going to go into that. Everything's fine. Gordon is fine. No no worries there. No no one has been infected, as far as I know, or no one has been tested positive, as far as I know, for the coronavirus. But, um, you know, Gordon just needed some time to, to, to talk with some people who, who are more important than me, unfortunately. It was a major blow to my ego, but we will survive. We do apologize for not having a pod last week. It was not our intention. It uh, We recorded, actually, a great pod, uh, a lot of talk about how the coronavirus is affecting the NBA, the Nuggets. We, we, we discussed a lot about uh, will the season return, will the playoff, what playoff mo- matchups will the Nuggets have, so on and so forth. It was really great. And then I forgot to hit the record button the whole time, so I just stood there and talked like an idiot for an hour to Gordon. It was a nice conversation. Unfortunately, you guys did not get to hear it, so we do apologize for that. Things are just a little bit out of whack, as we all know right now, and sometimes we have silly oversights like that one, uh, so I do apologize, but I am back with you guys for this week. We're going to keep this thing going as long as we can. It is obviously a bit difficult to have a podcast that is supposed to cover the current events around a team that's not playing. Uh, this is this reminds me quite a bit of August when there's nothing going on and we're like, Whoa. but at least then we can start like, you know, previewing the season. This time, should I preview the season? Should I still be on this season? Should, you know, what, where where are we at? Like, it, it's hard to say, but um, we'll, we'll make do. We'll make do and we'll get through this thing one way or another. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening with us and being with us during this really weird time. Uh, it means everything to us. We really appreciate your guys' support. That being said, we do have a little bit of Nuggets news. There was uh, the report that came out earlier in the week. One member of the Denver Nuggets organization has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and particularly the way it's worded and what that what that might mean. Uh, obviously, there's, there's only so much we can know with uh, things like HIPAA laws and, and whatnot in America that would make it um, basically illegal to share. You know, such medical information to the wide world, which is why uh, it's really weird how some some players, uh, I don't know how their their diagnosis have got out, have been made public. Obviously, Rudy Gobert was a bit of a unique situation, but like Kevin Durant, right? Like why? I think he's the only player I've heard of, right, from the Nets that we know of for sure. It's, it's kind of interesting. And I guess maybe because Kevin Durant probably has a lot more people around him um, and involved in his daily life than a guy like uh I know, I'm trying to think of a bad player on the Nets, but I can only think of the good ones because who pays attention to the Nets' bad players? Um, but you know what I mean. Uh, because of his uh, his standing in the public eye, uh, perhaps it was, it's just harder to contain that information. But getting a little bit off track here. Um, we don't know, obviously, which member of the Denver Nuggets organization tested positive for COVID-19. We probably never will know. But we can still uh, try and read through the lines there and, and understand what it means, at least for the team going forward. We also had, of course... I mean, we'll talk about it. Jamal Murray had a, a an unfortunate uh, post go out this weekend on social media. Uh, I'm going to spend not a ton of time on that because I don't think it needs a ton of attention. But there is there is a certain point I do want to bring up about it. And then we will, you know, for for the second half of the show, we would usually preview the upcoming week. Uh, here's a preview. Not a lot going on, but um, we'll <laughs> we'll try and figure out some other some other things to, to talk about in terms of previewing. Basically, I think we're at this this point now where we got to make the decision and we, we can talk about it both ways. Uh, do we restart the season? Um, and, and how does that look? Or, or do we, do we just call it, call it a season and move forward? And how does that look? So let's, let's, we'll talk about those, both of those topics 
here in the second half of the show. So without delay, let's get into it. The news came out of Adrian Wojnarowski earlier last week. A member of the Denver Nuggets organization has tested positive for COVID-19. The important um, word in there is, or words, is member of organization. So not necessarily a player. In fact, if it was a player, you would think... um, is a much more likely scenario that it would have been worded that way. So the fact that they chose to word it as a member of the Denver Nuggets organization at least makes me feel like it's probably not a player, that it's probably either a coach, a member of the training staff, a member of the front office, someone like that. And keep in mind, there are people who work for the Denver Nuggets organization that you probably have no idea you could walk right next to them. Not probably. I know there are people that you could walk right next to uh, in the uh, in in the street and have no idea that they work for the Denver Nuggets. That's uh, that's sort of the things that you don't really see as much um, if you're not you know if you're not in the media lounge and stuff like that. There's a lot of people in this organization working behind the scenes, doing everything from um, you know doing logistics like where 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 are we going to have a hotel on this road trip, those sort of things to people who are out there handing out stat sheets to media members, so on and so forth. So. You know, I don't think that, oh, well, it's a member of organization, so it must not be a, a player. So it's got to be either, you know, Coach Malone or, or Tim Connolly. Like, don't, don't think that's, that's the scenario in any way. It could be any number of people. The other thing to keep in mind, though, too, is they did say Denver Nuggets organization. So what that means is we know, you know, there was also a report that a, a Pepsi Center employee had tested positive for COVID-19. This would obviously be a different person, a Pepsi Center employee, um, works for the Pepsi Center, not not the Denver Nuggets organization, or they work for some contractor who's hired by the Pepsi Center is probably how it works. Uh, let's not get too too buried in the details here, but that that the point, important distinction to make there is this is someone who does work for the Denver Nuggets. So it's not a security guard or a concessions worker or an usher or somebody who's involved with the facility. Um, it is specifically someone, a member of who is involved with the team. Now, again, that could be, that could still be a ton of different people. So we can't read into it too much, but that is, uh, that is the case. So as, as we know, uh, or as we have seen right now, I guess we don't really know anything when it comes to, it comes to COVID-19 and how we're dealing with it. I should say that we know some things. I don't want to sell our medical community short, but, um, I think we can we can reasonably suspect this may not be the last person we'll hear from the Denver Nuggets organization who has been uh, who tests positive. It it certainly seems to be you know there was a lot of hopes and wishes uh, that the the um, spread of this virus would be would be muted or would not would not have severe impacts and would not be a situation you know, where we could kind of have one off situations. Um, I think we 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 can say with pretty pretty com- big confidence at this point that that's not the case. Uh, this is clearly a highly a highly contagious virus and and if you're within close proximity of people who have who have the virus and have uh, you know if you spend quite a bit of time in close proximity with them um there's a good chance that you too will uh, catch the virus as well. So it's it's you know we don't know anything how this member of org- of the organization um, how they found out how were they were they showing symptoms? Uh, I believe they I believe actually that was reported that they were showing symptoms. But I, if if not, I don't. I mean, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt here. Uh, I don't want to pass along any misinformation. I guess I could do some journalism right and look it up. Um, this is this is what they t- pay me to do over here at SB Nation. Big bucks. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so though, but what, what we do know is, is that there is this single member, uh, right now reported of the, of the organization that has tested positive for COVID-19 and we can infer or, or, or I guess, I mean, I think, see, it's, it's, it's a tough place to be because you don't, you don't want to be in a scenario <clears throat> where, um, where you're making, where I'm putting out false information. So here's what we do know. Uh, now that I've now that I've actually got got the tweets pulled up for me. So the member did was showing uh, signs of uh, the symptoms of COVID nineteen on March sixteenth, and or they were tested on March sixteenth after experiencing systems and is currently under the care of medical team in self isolation. So we don't know what this person's interaction was with other members of the organization prior 
to uh, their positive test. We don't know how early their symptoms were showing signs. We don't know a lot of that. But uh, as we have seen with COVID-19, it is highly contagious. So there's there's at least um, concern, I, I guess it would be the best way to put it. There, there should be concern that another member of the Denver Nuggets organization could very likely test positive as well uh, as this virus kind of works its way through all these different little pockets of the of communities um, and and spreads because nobody really has immunity to this thing or or an ability to fight it in terms of their immune system. So it's um, it's I guess I, without without getting too much more into speculation, you know, don't be surprised. I guess would be say what I would say if if this is not the last person we heard. Though though keep in mind that was March nineteenth. It's now March twenty third, and it makes you wonder. So how many other members now of the team have been tested? Um, and, and where do they stand in getting those results back? So you, know, you hear a lot of things about how results could take quite a bit of long time before you actually hear anything back. Um, so we don't know if, if, if they got a positive test on March 16th, it's March 23rd, it's a week. So you would think maybe at some point we, if you would, my assumptions would be, again, these are clear, clearly just assumptions. Um, that this person comes back with a positive test, any pretty much every member in the organization who's, unless you can confirm, has had no contact with the person who had a positive test result. Um, you know, anyone who's had any sort of contact would be getting tested, and we should be getting those results back soon, I would think. Uh, so we'll see. I guess stay tuned. And even if we don't hear anything, does that mean everybody's out of the woods? You know, who knows? It's 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 a crazy crazy time right now. We're kind of living in, and there's there's just a lot of unknowns and i'm sure that's that's the most difficult thing for the nuggets right now in dealing with this is there's just a ton of unknowns and there is um a lot of difficulty getting tested now they're uh, a bunch of millionaires over there so they probably have a better chance of getting tested than the rest of us and that'll be my social commentary for the day anyways we, we wish the best for this 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 person and and anyone else over there at, at the Nuggets organization who might be in danger or might have um, a positive result from a coronavirus test. We hope everybody is staying safe and is getting healthy as quickly as possible. And um, you know, we we hope that that we know, or we know that this member who has tested positive is in the best hands possible over there with the Denver Nuggets. So uh, and their medical team. So you know, we we can we we just hope for a speedy recovery and we can have confidence that that that, that will happen. Uh, otherwise, you know, I assume everyone at uh, as everyone is um, in the Nuggets organization is maintaining the same protocols the rest of us are. I don't know about you all. I'm fortunate enough to be allowed to work from home, both obviously from stiffs. That's what I do for stiffs all the time. Uh, and in my regular nine to five job that actually pays the bills, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home. I hopefully. Um, many of you out there are as well, and if not, are, are finding a way to weather through this. And we certainly th know that most members of the Denver Nuggets organization would be quite equipped to stay at home and weather this storm. So hopefully they are all doing that and are there with the rest of us sitting here in our pajamas podcasting, hoping our daughters don't interrupt. Um, We know Jamal Murray's staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hard transition to make. <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, Jamal had quite the social media gaffe on the internet over the weekend. He posted a video to Instagram that was quite graphic, um, was very sexual in nature, that we would assume would be we cannot see Jamal Murray's face. We would assume we could see other body parts, unfortunately, um, but we assume that it is Jamal Murray. Given that it was posted from his account, now he has said that his account was hacked. We, of course, know that is the go-to excuse anytime you do something stupid or embarrassing on social media. Uh, given the, the timing of the post, it would be one could maybe infer that perhaps um, Jamal was not in a place to make the best judgment or make the best decisions and potentially either A posted something that he immediately regretted and, you know, but potentially posted intentionally or B posted accidentally and just you know, had that happen. Um, as we have all at some time tweeted something or, or made a butt text or whatever you want. Now, I don't think very many of us have posted what Jamal posted, uh, but 
certainly you can see how stupid things happen. Unfortunately for Jamal, um, he is a famous person with a huge following, and that type of thing gets blown up really quick. And once it's out there, no matter how quickly you delete it, it is not ever lost. And that's certainly the case here. Um, it is uh, people, you know, people love a scandal, so it's it draws quite a bit of attention. We know that here at Denver Stiffs, our uh, our, uh, our 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 one of our longest tenured writers, Kayla Osby, writes a tweet of the week article. She's done that every weekend for. Gosh, forever, and and she like clockwork. It's awesome. That's why we love Kayla. She's it's one of the most reliable people we have. We know we're getting that tweet of the week. You know, earlier in the year or in the week, Jamal had done a post about him practicing his piano. It was really nice, nice post, kind of cool. NBA retweeted it. You know, here's some a good way to see like what guys are doing with their time off, um, how they're they're getting through this, how they're how they're making the most of their time, and it was really cool. And so, of course, Kayla took that as her tweet of the week. She unfortunately titled, titled the tease uh, from the tweet from our account. Jamal Murray is finding other ways to keep busy during, uh, you know, during the the coronavirus lockout. Or I'm not sure exactly how it was worded, but something to that effect, and that has garnered a lot of interest in that article uh, now because people are expecting to see something else when they click on it. So we appreciate, we appreciate. I think uh, that article is now up there for one of the most. Uh, one of the highest traffic articles, if not the highest traffic article we've ever had on Denver Stiffs. So we, we certainly appreciate you guys coming out and checking out the site. Make sure you do. There's a lot of good content there. Hopefully, maybe you saw you were saw that post and now we're over here listening to the Pickaxe Podcast your first time. I apologize. I usually don't just blather on like this by myself, but that's what we're doing this, this weekend. Um, bringing it back around, though, is it really unfortunate for Jamal? He's embarrassed. Um, you know, he's probably let down some of his, his younger fans and in, in particular, or, or fans who are, you know, parents and have young children who are on Instagram, who probably have seen that. Uh, now we, those parents have to have those conversations with their kids. That's all not good things. And that's not embarrassing, but I don't necessarily have a ton of, uh, I don't really have any, um, sympathy, uh, for Jamal on this. He, he made a stupid decision, whether it was a stupid decision or a stupid mistake, it was stupid either way. And then, and he's going to get his comeuppance from it and he'll, he'll, he'll get through it just fine. Uh, if Draymond Green has been any proof of that or Brett Favre or any of the other guys who have had similar type of scenarios come up, um, you know, obviously with, with Jamal, it's a little bit different than say someone from like Brett Favre, uh, which was an issue of, of, consent as well as far as we know there's no issue that i'm getting way off track here though so i want to bring it back around uh to the thing that i think is the most disappointing which is is for the young lady who is who is in the video you know that's that's the person who who really is the victim of all this that is the person who gets hurt the most by this this is um clearly someone who who had a lot of trust for jamal and um uh that trust was violated whether whether by intent intentional or by mistake that uh, that happened and that's that's something that um would be very hard to get back and for me it would be impossible to get back if somebody if somebody did something like that to me you know this is this is not a person who's a millionaire this is not a person who's uh got the benefit of fame and and, and people who will give give them the benefit of the doubt this is you know this is just a a regular person who's just living her life and and unfortunately in in one of the most compromising moments uh, of her life, one of the most vulnerable moments, um, that was put out for everybody to see. And that's, that's in particular disappointing and, and really what, what makes this the most sad because a, a person's life has been changed negatively for, for a long time. You know, you can, you can, this is something that that's going to follow her, um, everywhere she goes. And, and granted, maybe it's not, not people maybe aren't running up to her street saying, Hey, you're that girl I saw in that Jamal Murray video, but there are people who will recognize her now, people she's never met who will recognize her. And the only context they have of knowing her is that video. And that's incredibly unfortunate and incredibly unfair, um, to that young lady. And, and she deserved to, to be treated better than that. So that, for that part, I think we all should recognize, um, the, the, really negative aspect of, of what happened. And that's, and that's truly what it is. 
and and the rest of these rest of these things you know they tend to blow over but for that young lady it, it is a, a life-altering event and in a very negative way um and for her my heart goes out so we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that and let's see where we are yeah we'll go ahead and um we'll go ahead and hit a break here and then when we come back let's talk some actual real nuggets kind of basketball stuff and get back to the season at hand or will there be a season at hand? so stick with us we'll be right back all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. podcast zach nikosh here running solo without mr gordon gross we spent the first half of the show talking about coronavirus what else and isolation um and and how some of us are dealing with that the nuggets of course in there having a member test of the organization test positive for covid19 uh and and the other unfortunate things that have come out this week uh, in regards to Jamal Murray. So uh, let's move on to some more just general basketball stuff if we can. Of course, everything we, we talk about right now has to be painted with the brush of COVID-19 because that is dominating the league and has disrupted it entirely. Um, but let's try and look maybe at, at the basketball side of this, which is right now, when do we restart the season if we can? The discussion is maybe about mid-June. That would be kind of in line with the timeline that we've seen over in China, right? I believe they closed down their league late January um, and are just now starting to try and uh, get a return to games. I have not seen yet. I don't think maybe they're actually playing any games yet. That could be wrong. Uh, and I believe what I've heard is that even when the games do restart – they will be in uh, without fans, which is maybe where the NBA heads as well, because uh, according to you know some of these reports, there is um, you know I mean we don't again we don't know and I don't want to spread misinformation, but it's suffice to say we are not anywhere close, or at least we hope, or at least we don't think. Not not we hope we hope it's the opposite, but we are we don't think. Um, we are very close to being at the peak of this thing. So, uh, you know, it, it could very much, you could see a situation where if the peak is sometime in June, well, yes, maybe we've had all of our NBA staff and everyone, we can guarantee that everybody who, you know, any essential personnel and, and refs and players and members of the organization, we can, we can guarantee they are all 
COVID-19 negative. Uh, you can't guarantee that with fans, and there's like no way to do that. So if we do come back, I think everybody should wrap the idea around the head. They're the wrap the uh, idea around their heads that you know this is most likely not going to be uh, something where where it's going to be back to just business as usual, right? Like we if we come back, it's almost I would almost guarantee it's going to be without fans. So at least for the first, and maybe you're hoping you know you can you can get clearance to have fans in the finals or something like that, but. That's that's I think kind of where we're at now is 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 it's a matter of well can we one bring the season back and two you know how do we move forward when still keep everybody safe because it's 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 probably fairly um, naive to think that we can just go back to full arenas in in mid June with this thing as we as we have um, so I was looking this up we so we are seeing yeah American players are coming uh, are coming back to China. Uh, and and getting ready to play both Lance Stevenson and Jeremy Lin did return to China this week um, to fill, fulfill their contracts with the CBA, which, of course, had some pretty heavy penalties for players who were not uh, or who were against returning to the league. So uh, we were starting to see a lot of guys come back. A couple of, a couple of former Nuggets there, I mean, Ty Lawson over there in the Chinese league, along with Denver stiff legend Sonny Weems um, uh, back there. So, um, but to bring it back around, the point, I guess, is, is you know, that's kind of would follow the timeline, right? If this league shut down in mid-March, um, compared to that one, it's shutting down in late January. Now they're getting started back in late March. So you're at least a two months. So we might be at earliest, like maybe like June, right? Somewhere right about the beginning of June, be able to start. But from the reports we've heard, it's probably about mid-June. And a lot of that, I'm sure, depends on how the nation as a whole uh, continues to try to socially isolate and, and, and curb the spread of this virus. And, and so that's completely out of the NBA's control. Um, and they just kind of have to see where things go. On that end, so which brings you to the the wonder if if we're not starting till mid late June, how much can we do? Because the issue here is, you start to run into a compressed off season that becomes too compressed. That it's just not feasibly possible if we're you know if we if we don't get started. Say we okay, it's about mid July till we get started. Well, it takes about six weeks to roll through the playoffs. Plus, you had at least about three more weeks of Games, so that's you know basically two full months of mid July. Now it's mid September. Well, teams will be getting ready to report back to like training camp in a couple weeks in a normal NBA schedule. So, how do you do that? How do you manage that? That's um, how do you manage the the Olympics in the midst midst of all this as well? If the Olympics is still a go, you know that's going to be happening right around the time maybe the finals will be closing up. It's it's a lot of complications there, which makes me think that if we do get back in mid-June that at this point that you pretty much are scrapping the regular season that it's it's okay we're, we're going with 16 teams who are in seeds one through eight in each conference that when we shut it down and we're going to run a playoffs everybody else send them home there's a little bit of of uh a fairness issue right there because anybody who didn't make the playoffs uh, has got a much longer extended break for their players than, than those who did, who in, in all likelihood have all likelihood would have a shortened break. But you know, I mean, it's in the interest of parity, you'd much rather have your best teams being put at a little bit more of a disadvantage than your worst teams. In the interest of market and revenue generation, you want your best teams at their at their top abilities at all times. So that's uh, something you have to navigate, but. In my ideas, the 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 only way you can go forward is is basically by saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and just start the playoffs. And I think I'm okay with that. I know if if not that I think any Blazers fans listen to this, but there's probably Blazers fans who are not okay with that. There's probably Pelicans fans who are not okay with that. There's Kings fans who are not okay with that. There's probably Spurs fans who are not okay with it. Right? Those are the four teams that get hurt the most by the decision to start the playoffs over in the east the wizards are five and a half back of the magic it's probably not going to happen for them regardless it probably would not have happened for them um obviously crazy things happen but at five and a half back with 
18 to go, there's there's not a great shot of um, a team making that jump and getting back into the playoffs, right? So the, the, the East Conference, Eastern Conference was pretty much set. It was in the West where you had teams three and a half, four games back, which, you know, I'm just a little bit different from five, five and a half, but those two games mean all the difference when you're, when you're down to, like I said, about 18 or so games to go. In some cases, you know, like 16 in the case of the Pelicans, um, Portland, had, had, had uh, Sacramento, all those teams had, had quite a few less games to go. I think San Antonio and Memphis both had 17, but um, that for those guys, it's the hardest, it's the hardest sell. Now I don't necessarily feel bad for Portland or San Antonio. These are, these are fan bases who have enjoyed playoff runs um, for many years in a row. Now San Antonio, it's like, okay, nobody's, nobody's feeling sorry for San Antonio. If they missed the playoffs because the season got cut short um, on them. It's, sort of we not to not to you know uh, be be ill of the San Antonio Spurs but but nobody nobody feels sorry for them this is we've all been expecting this to happen anyways this was finally the year where San Antonio finally kind of fell off we saw that progression last year they fell all the way to a 7 seed this year it looks like they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs it looked like finally that Spurs dynasty was ending so I don't think anybody really is going to be upset that they didn't get a chance to cling for the 8th seed one more year. Uh, same thing with Portland. They've, they've been a team that's been obviously in the playoffs quite a bit. They've been and they were the Western Conference Finals last season. Now, obviously, if they have an ability to make the playoffs, you would think they should have that opportunity to do it. But these are unique circumstances. And it's not it's not uh, uh, something that that you can you can really adjust for any more than the, that the NBA is trying to. So if, if it means that the, the Portland Trailblazers miss out on making the playoffs this year because they, they basically because they slacked off the, I don't want to say slacked off, because they were awful the first half of the season and, and dug themselves into a giant hole um, like like they do a lot of years, to be honest. And now they're trying to use their 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 typical kind of you know late late mid mid to late season run to get back into it, and then they got cut short because of this. Well, like so be it. I don't I don't really have a ton of sympathy there either. The teams you feel bad for and the fan bases you feel bad for are the the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. Pelicans obviously um have gone through a ton over over the past past year pelicans fans have been put through the ringer every everybody who was here in denver during the melodrama knows exactly what that's like to have the player who you thought was the face of your franchise the player who you thought was going to help bring your franchise back to um or bring your franchise to finals contention telling you i it's not good enough for me i want to go to another team with a big market that's tough and that's really hard on fans and and for them to go through that and you know unlike nuggets fans they got they got uh uh awarded with the first overall pick and in a generational player like Zion Williamson and then to have him get hurt have to wait and you're falling behind falling behind get off to a terrible start to start the season but you get Zion back you get everybody healthy and you're making a run and you actually got a shot you got a shot at making the playoffs and not only do you got a shot at making the playoffs but in all likelihood the team you're gonna play that team who went and stole your superstar was the big market team that you know your star decided was was better than than your little old New Orleans team like that a good a shot at revenge even if you don't win the series just to just to compete and play against that team um, that's something that's a shame to to, to lose out on and the other team of course is the Kings who have been uh, up and down all season but finally started to find a groove here right basically right before all this happens. Um, battle themselves back into contention, a team that's fan base has not been to the playoffs in God knows how long, uh, early 2000s, what, 16 years in a row or something like that, you know, and, and, and finally has a, a young core that battling injuries but has some pieces and, and, and is getting healthy and is and you're seeing it, right? You're seeing, okay, now our core is healthy um, and we've built up enough of these young pieces that they're, they're, you know, they very much remind you of that team, that Nuggets team a couple years ago where they're finally turning the corner and they're finally looking like they are a team who can contend. It very much reminds me of the team, um, not the team who lost game 82 to, to Minnesota, but the year before, you know, where they were very close to getting into the playoffs. Uh, obviously the loss out to the Blazers, but, but, and you knew it was like, okay, well, the eighth seed is is quite a bit lower than the other seven seeds. But hey, at least we could get a bid. We could get some playoff experience. You know, we could, it could be a great moment for the franchise to return to the playoffs. It very much reminds me of that Denver team. For them to not have a chance to complete that run uh, for their fans is, is very disappointing. So those are the two teams that would really be hurt, I think, the most. The fan bases that would be hurt the most by... Um, 
not getting a chance to, to finish out the regular season. But again, I just don't, I don't see how you can continue on and still play 18 more games and a full playoffs. There, there's just no way to do it. So the other option was, well, do we keep the regular season or do we go to shortened playoff format, right? Uh, this is not, not something that would be entirely new to the NBA. They, they used to only play five game series in the first round up until 2004. Uh, then they went to seven game series for all rounds. And I think ever since then, people have somewhat had some NBA playoff fatigue. We hear a lot more about like how long these playoffs last and kind of how ridiculous that is. So they could certainly try something like that, right? You could just go back to that format. Let's at least play five game series, uh, in the first round. You may even play five game series. Heck, you might play five game series the entire way through and, and just do it as that way as short. I think. Once you really start getting past first round, you really start to kind of fundamentally change playoffs and matchups, which it would lead to a little bit more uncertainty um, because you obviously a lot more can happen in a five game series. A team can catch fire and an eight seed, a seven seed can catch fire. Um, and win two, three games in a row. We've seen it here in Denver, right? That, that Denver Nuggets team in 94 was not better than that Sonics team, not by a long shot, but they caught fire right there at the end uh, and were able to win three games in a row and and um, change change the 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 outcome of a series because it was shortened and you you know because I don't know I don't know that does that team go go on and win in a seven game series I don't know you know we we saw a pretty good example the next the very next round they once again they got cold they lost three in a row hit that hot streak won three in a row against Utah and then got blown out in game seven so. Um, I think it, it it does somewhat change the way a uh, playoffs would be the whole nature of the playoffs if you go to like full five game series throughout. But I would still take that over no playoffs at all. So if that's what they have to do, um, that's what you do. And 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 so let's under the assumption that they do come back, then you wonder, okay, specifically well, where are the Nuggets at? Let's say if it's a start of a playoffs. Well, I'll be honest. My biggest concern is what kind of shape is Nikola Jokic in. You know, I, 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 I staunchly defended the guy at the beginning of the season. Um, and I had egg on my face because nobody other than Nicola proved me to be wrong. And all the critics who were saying that he didn't focus on staying in shape in the offseason, that he was out of shape, was overweight. Um, they were all proven right by, by Nicola's own, you know, own actions and admitting his own things. He said he lost 25 pounds, you know, by December. So that is, I mean, that is basically uh, proof in the pudding right there. He was certainly out of shape. You don't just lose, if you're in shape when you come into the season, you don't lose 25 pounds over the course of two, three months, right, playing basketball. Um, Clearly he was out of shape and worked himself into shape throughout the season, sort of an old school approach. But in in a shortened scenario where you may only have like a one week training camp and then you're you're going and you're in you're into the postseason, um, how does he bounce back from that? Because it's 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 in this moment. I mean, guys have to find ways to stay in shape. Guys are going to have to find ways to stay healthy. And you wonder about a guy who in the off season when he had all every, every option available to him uh, and came in twenty five pounds heavier than where he's at right now. Now that he's got severely limited options to stay in shape, you know, will he do it? How does he do it? That's it's it's an interesting. It's probably the to me the most interesting storyline about a return to play this season in regards to the Nuggets is what kind of shape is Nikola Jokic in? How will that affect their ability to make a play, postseason run? Um, and and the thing you think I, I look at on an even bigger scale than just Jokic is how does this hurt or help the team in general? You know, the Nuggets were struggling. Uh, when this all happened, they were basically hovering around 500 since after the All-Star break. Um, they had simultaneously been blown out by teams like the Clippers and also lost games to teams like the Cavaliers. They were just not consistent. So does this break like uh, this help you? Maybe maybe there was some mental fatigue there, but it's like how could there be mental fatigue when this came right after a break, right? It was right after the All-Star break we started to see this. Um, is there maybe still some some physical fatigue? There are some guys who are all coming back from injury, maybe still not quite 100% and still could have used an extra couple of weeks. You know, we should expect everybody to be 100% on the Nuggets uh, if they make a return this season. They, they'll have plenty of time to, to rehab any any nagging injuries, and that's what they were basically down to was nagging injuries. Um, everything, should be, everything should be a full go. It, it's a question, though, is 
do you, are you able, are you mentally tough enough to come back now to one, to stay in shape um, and stay focused during this time off and two, to be able to come back and pick up where you left off or pick up better than where you left off in the case of the Nuggets. For a young team like Denver, who in my my opinion has a lot of struggles with men- mental toughness, consistency. We've seen them be very mentally tough. We've seen them, you know, beat Utah with seven guys in Utah on second night of a back to back. We've seen them beat the best team in the NBA in, on their court on second night of a back to back. They've shown that when they it comes time, they can certainly toughen up. Um, but something like this, something that goes over a long period of time, right? You need that consistency. And we know they don't have consistency in their mental toughness because we can see them lose teams like Cleveland. So how does this, how does this break hurt them or help them? I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's, it's tough to say. I think it could be going down to the individual guys. Some guys will be able to deal with it better than others. Um, and, and we'll have to see, you know, guys, guys like Jamal Murray, guys like Coach Malone, Gary Harris, I'm sure they'll, they'll be great because they'll be so itching to just get back out there and get work and get grinding. I mean, that's what those guys live for. Um, that they probably can't wait and, the, and they're probably doing everything they can. Other guys, you know, maybe some other guys are taking it a little bit easy right now and, and maybe their focus isn't necessarily on basketball. And, and that's not necessarily, uh, a bad thing or that they should be reprimanded for it. You know, we don't know. Like I said, a member of the Denver Nuggets organization has tested positive with COVID-19. We don't know how that's affecting these guys. Maybe they've got bigger, bigger fish to fry right now than, than staying in a hundred percent shape or, or, or trying to figure out where they can get shots up, thing like that. Like it, you know, it's, there's a lot going on. And, and so how can this team navigate that and, and maintain, uh, their edge through all this, uh, it's it's to be interesting to see if 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 they come back how how they respond. It's something that I think is a big question, um, both with Jokic but with the team uh, in general as well. You know, in, in in terms of how their their mental toughness has waxed and waned over over the season. So I guess the the last thing we'll talk about here, and then and then we'll get out of here, is is the the other alternative, which is that we don't we don't come back right. We don't play another season. Or we don't finish out the 2019-2020 season. We throw it into the history books with an asterisk on it, stating that the coronavirus epidemic uh, canceled the season. There was no uh, championship winner, and that is it. It could be. It could certainly be that. This could certainly be the season that is forever remembered in bar trivia and Jeopardy questions as the season that had no NBA champion because we canceled due to the coronavirus epidemic. And I think every single day we march closer and closer to that becoming a reality because at some point you're going to have to make a decision. What's more important, the 2019-2020 season or the 2020-2021 season? Because you were running into a scenario where you're going to have to either give up on this season or sacrifice games for next season. And depending on team by team, that the their feelings on that are probably going to change and, and you're going to have to make a decision. But I think there's a very high likelihood that the coronavirus is going to make that decision for you. And this is going to be forever remembered as the lost season in the NBA. <clears throat> it's it, you know it, it's difficult to make the, the determination well, what's more important obviously for a team like the Lakers with LeBron James who gets older every year and, and further past his peak uh, when you're sitting in a one seat and you've basically been the best team in the conference throughout the entire year uh, this is a very important season to you this is not a season you want to lose if you're a team like, as we said, the Pelicans or the Kings, this could be a very important season to you and your fan base and to the momentum of your organization. This is not a season you want to lose. If you're the Golden State Warriors, you're like, let's get on with it. Great. We already know we're, we're going to be terrible. Now we've guaranteed if we don't have to play anymore, we don't have to play Steph anymore, who A, could maybe get hurt again, or B, could actually win us some games um, and push us past Cleveland for the the uh, best odds at the number one overall pick, right? If you're the Warriors, you're like, scrap it. Let's go. Let's get ready with 2020, 2021. Like we're, we're back in action, baby. That's what they're thinking. So you can't, you can't really make a determination on what's best for, for the league as a whole, because it's hard. It's hard to determine that because certain teams would have certain different agendas. Um, it, but it does come down to a point of, well, what, <laughs> where do we want to lose the revenue? Um, and, and again, the coronavirus is <clears throat> going to dictate all this and, and it has very likely just to make this decision for you if, if it continues to spread, <clears throat> if we end up 
with a high peak in mid-June, as as some reports have suggested, then, you know, this, this season is gone. Like, let's just be honest, and, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. If, you, if you're in that spot where it's like, well, we might be able to get started at the beginning of July... Now you now you bring a lot of things in into the table, and what you would think you would do is you would you would run through it, right? I don't know how the Olympics would affect this, and, and again, would the Olympics even be happening? That's another thing to consider. But um, and again, getting off topic here, but I, it's hard to it's hard to imagine because you have to imagine the amount of international travel for the Olympics, unless they were going to do it spectator free, which to me really really fundamentally changes the Olympics more than any other athletic event. Um, Unless you do it spectator free, I don't know how you bring in people from all across the world and spectators from all across the world and pack them into one one city uh, that's already incredibly packed as it is, um, and, and do this and remain safe. So a little bit off topic there, but you know how would that affect though if you were going to if the Olympics were still still on and the um, NBA season pushes into into that timeline? How do you how do you balance that? How do you balance players wanting to play for their country? Um, but still being in the, still being in the playoffs, it's, it's kind of a, a difficult situation. I guess you would, you would try and figure out how you could make up a team of players from guys who are not, uh, in the playoffs and for, for the team USA, that would probably work out best for them. There's still a ton of talent that team USA can draw from. You know, and, and guys who are in their program, obviously, I mean, a guy like a Steph Curry would be available to you if he'd be willing to play. Uh, a guy like a DeMar DeRozan, a guy like a Zion Williamson, a Damian Lillard, you know, these, there's, there's lots and lot, Bradley Beal, lots and lots of really good players that you could still draw from. The question is, would they go? You know, that, that's the others, you know, would they risk it? Um, to go play in the Olympics, something that guys in a normal scenario, uh, sometimes don't want to risk. So that I think would, would be an interesting wrinkle in this. But the bigger wrinkle is, like I've said, is 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 next season. How do you how do you deal with next season? You know, the precedent would be sort of uh the lockout that they had back in the lockout shortened season back in what was it? I think it was 2014. Uh they started the season on Christmas. I think they got in something like 65 games and still ended the season at the normal timeline. There was there was some logistical adjustments that had to be made there that would be um, much more difficult in the environment of the current CBA, particularly they, they had back to back to back uh, nights in, in those, in that season. I, I have a hard time seeing the players being willing to do that. Um, that might be different though. If you tell the players, well, then we can only play 50 games and oh, by the way, we had to take away the last 18 games of last season. We did pay you for those something that's a very real possibility. And we're not going to pay you for these, you know, like, the NBA, if you read between the lines from what Woj is reporting on the subject of whether or not to pay the players, um, the NBA certainly seems to be setting up to not pay the players. So, you know, maybe players would be a little bit more open to playing three games in three days if they knew that was the only way they could keep some of their checks. Um, but given the advances the CBA has made, the NBA has made on terms of player fatigue, um, it's hard to see them going that way. So then you go to the next round. Well, do we try to just fundamentally change the schedule of the NBA overall and alter it from here on out. Something a lot of people have pushed for. Christmas makes a lot of sense in terms of opening day for the NBA. It's the biggest single like regular season day that they have the most, uh, the most viewers obviously. And it, and it would be a great way to open up the season, you know, with five straight national TV games. Um, and then everybody else can start out the day after that. But, um, in a lot of ways, it makes sense. It would push your finals probably out to about the end of August. So your season wrap-ups at the end of summer, which makes a lot of sense given that basketball is really a summer sport and not a winter sport. Um, you would still, of course, not be in conflict really with the NFL, say for maybe a little bit of the preseason. Um, but you would obviously have big conflicts with with longer conflict with the MLB. But you would still not be your your finals would not be going on during their playoffs. So you could see how you could make it fit things like the Olympics or the World Championships or Euro Championships. These uh, those type of events that are typically held in the summer during the off season of the NBA that would be a little bit more difficult to navigate. Um, I don't know. Obviously, Summer Olympics, you can't change the schedule on the Summer Olympics simply because of 
basketball, which is one sport of many. So I don't know if you try and navigate that some some way the NHL does, where they, they go on an extended break for the Olympics. That would be tough uh, if the Olympics are going on in August, which is also when you are having the um, NBA playoffs in this scenario. So you'd have to try and maybe do it. You know, do you do it? Okay, we try and get the Olympics in right before the playoffs. So guys go on a break. It's a nice like two-week break for guys who aren't playing on their national teams to get rested up, get ready for the playoffs. Teams who are on their national teams uh, obviously go over and play and come back. I think if that was the scenario, you would see a lot less participation from NBA players in the Olympics, particularly, you know, the very the great ones or the best ones because they're probably in the playoffs and no no NBA player is going to prioritize an Olympic gold medal over the Larry O'Brien trophy. It's just it's just the way it is. So I think if you were to do something like that, you would you would see a lot less participation from um from the best players in the NBA, whether that be in America or really any um, any country. I think certainly you would have a player like Jokic, right, would very much maybe would value a gold medal just as much as the Larry O'Brien trophy, but his team wouldn't, and his team pays his salary, so there could be a lot of conflict of interest there as well. Um, it would be difficult. The Olympics would be, the, the and these other international tournaments would be the most difficult part to overcome in, in doing that kind of permanent switch even if it kind of makes the most sense in terms of the league in general and where it fits on a regular yearly calendar. All right, well, I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to we'll go ahead and wrap it right there. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Nikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs, also at Pickaxe Podcast and at Denver Sis. We are over on Instagram where we keep our content wholesome. Uh and that is at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you're also subscribing to our YouTube channel and to the Denver Stiffs podcast network on wherever you get your podcasts from. That is where you will catch this show, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, and The Denver Stiff Show. Uh, just go ahead and subscribe to it there. You get all of these as soon as they are released, and you don't have to go out and try and hunt for the individual shows. So it's quite convenient, quite nice, and a good way um, to really get a ton of content if you're craving it right now during this coronavirus, uh, whatever you pause, cancellation, whatever you want to call it. So make sure you guys are checking that out. And as always, stay safe. Everybody be good to your neighbors. Remember, we are all in this together. And with that said, we will talk to you next week. Peace.